Pastor Xavier Reese, providing simple truths for understanding the prophetic 70th week of Daniel. The Antichrist will be the fulfillment of the prophecy of Daniel's prophecy as a man of peace, riding on a horse with a bow, and as I've told you often, no arrows. He conquers through diplomacy. He's going to break this covenant. He delivers false peace and safety, Revelation 6, 1, and 2. Welcome to Simple Truths, the daily half-hour study of God's Word with Xavier Reese, Senior Pastor of Calvary Chapel of Pasadena, California. So much of what is talked about in the book of Revelation has its roots in the Old Testament. The prophet Daniel was given many direct visions and revelations by God through the angel Gabriel that pertain to the end times. While the other prophecies of Daniel end with the eternal kingdom, the prophecy of chapter 9 about Daniel's people and their city ends in desolation and destruction via a series of predetermined events described as the prophecy of 70 weeks. Here's Pastor Xavier setting up the simple truths of the culmination of the vision. Let's listen. In our study of the 70th week of Daniel, well, really the 70, all of them, we saw that from the first 69 weeks that have been fulfilled to the letter, all that is left is this final week, the 70th week. There has been and still is a gap going on since the fulfillment of the 69 weeks known as the church age in which Jesus Christ is choosing a bride for himself and afterwards he will remove her in the rapture and then he will return with her to set up the kingdom and rebuild the tabernacle of David. This is very clearly spoken by James in Acts 15, the first church council. Therefore, the 70th week of Daniel is the ten toes arising out of the old revived Roman Empire to prepare Israel for her Messiah. So the 70 weeks of Daniel, once again, is divided up and unfolds for us in a threefold division here in verse 27. Let me read verse 27. Then he shall confirm a covenant with many for one week. But in the middle of the week, he shall bring an end to sacrifice and offerings. And on the wing of abomination shall be one who makes desolate, even until the consummation which is determined is poured out on the desolate. The 70 weeks of Daniel unfolds in a threefold division here. First, we have the principal person of the 70th week. Second, the prophetic problem in the 70th week. Thirdly, the power play in the 70th week. We begin with the principal person of the 70th week. Listen to his words again. Then he shall confirm a covenant with many for one week. The principal person is represented by the personal pronoun he. This is no one else but the Antichrist. He is the little horn of Daniel coming out of the revived Roman Empire, the ten toes, as Daniel told us in Daniel 7, 8 and 7, 20. He is the profane wicked prince of Israel, Ezekiel 21, 25. He is the prince of Tyre in type of Ezekiel 28, 2. He is the idle shepherd of Zechariah 11:7. He's the man of sin, the son of perdition of 2 Thessalonians chapter 2. He is the mystery of iniquity 
in 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 7. He is the lawless one in 2 Thessalonians 2.8. He is the liar, the antichrist of 1 John 2.18.22 and also in 2 John 7. He is the figurative in type by Antiochus Epiphany. The type is the one that looks points forward. The anti-type is the fulfillment, okay? So the type points forward, the anti-type fulfillment. Antiochus Epiphany is a type of the Antichrist. The Antichrist is the fulfillment of that prophecy. He has many types in history. Nero, Hitler, Mussolini, all of those. Now, notice the principal person confirms a covenant with many. The word covenant means a treaty and alliance, a pledge between two men. And it has the idea of cutting. They would make a covenant. They would sacrifice a, an animal, cut it in two. One half would be on this side. One half would be on this side. And the men making the covenant would walk right down between the middle. And when the blood came together, it sealed the covenant. And the men who walked down that between the, the sacrifice, they were the ones responsible to meet that covenant. When Abraham was met by, with God, he was told to make a sacrifice and then kick back, and then he saw small burning flags. God walked between the covenant. He alone fulfills the covenant of promise. Okay? Abraham did not walk in it. And that's the background. Now, the world is constantly at war with Israel, particularly the Arab nations and Muslim nations. The ongoing treaties that have taken place since 1948, 1967, 1973, and those through the 80s, the 90s, to the present day. The latest um, years back was a Jericho where they gave Jericho back in the West Bank there. And, um, but every one of these treaties, they have been broken. They have been dishonored. The treaties that have been made with Israel have all promised so much. But then once they're made, very little is delivered. The many in the context are the Jews here. Mark that well. The identity of the people involved in the prophecy is given to Daniel already, as we saw last time in verse 24. Your people, the Jews, do not stick Gentiles here. The Jew is still the context. The place is equally given by Daniel, your holy city, in verse 24. The city and the sanctuary that Titus destroyed is consistent with the interpretation of verse 26, as we saw. Also, the principal person makes a treaty for one week, notice. Remember that the first 69 weeks were literal weeks. Therefore, this 70th week has to be literal also. The weeks are multiples of sevens, as we saw. The seven weeks multiplied by seven was 49 years. This marked the close of the Old Testament canon, Nehemiah to Malachi, A.D. 397. The 62 weeks multiplied by seven was 434 years. If you add those 49, that brings us to 483 years, which marked the triumphal entry of Jesus Christ into Jerusalem on the donkey to Jerusalem, fulfilling Zechariah 9.9, recorded in Matthew 21. Remember also that between the 69 weeks and the 70th week, as we stated, God's prophetic clock has stopped. 
marking the church age. What will start this clock again is the rapture of the church and the attack of Russia on Israel, Ezekiel 38 and 39. The church is the bride of Christ, and she's called out of the world. Acts 15, 37, 39 makes that very clear by the mouth of James. The church is being prepared to be removed from this world, as Paul says in 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, 13 through 18. Specifically, 16 and 17 says, the, the, uh, the, the voice of the archangel shall shout, the trump of God, and the dead in Christ shall rise first. And we shall be caught up, heart positive to the air, to meet the Lord with our loved ones and be there forevermore. It's a guarantee. The nation of Israel is experiencing blindness in part until the fullness of the Gentile has come in. Romans 11, 25. I don't know how anybody can teach replacement theology. Replacement theology is that God is through with Israel and the church is Israel today. Wrong. You get an F on the subject of Bible. Paul says in Romans 9, 10, 11 that blindness in part has happened and God will save all Israel, those who are saved. If you teach replacement theology, you will end up being anti-Semitic. And you'll be applying the promises of Israel to you. It's wrong. Remember that this only leaves one week then. This 70th week, which marks the final seven years of tribulation. First three and a half years. Great tribulation. The last three and a half years. Jeremiah refers to these last seven years to prepare Israel for a Messiah as the time of Jacob's trouble in Jeremiah 30, verse 6. The period is referred to by Jesus in all three synoptic gospels, Matthew 24, Mark 13, Luke 21. The period of tribulation and great tribulation described by John in great detail in the book of Revelation from chapter 6 to chapter 19. Now, the liberal progressive education and universities of America have been paving the way for the Antichrist and the one world mindset. They indoctrinate the youth of America into socialism and entitlement. They are anti-patriotic, anti-Christian, anti-constitutional, anti-First Amendment, anti-Second Amendment. And they don't mind telling you that. The liberal media is also paving the way for the Antichrist and the one world mindset as they embrace the amoral and multicultural lie that is destroying our country. In California, your children can go to school, and if they feel they're a girl today, they can go in the girl's bathroom, or in high school, they can walk into the girl's gym, or vice versa, and there's nothing you can do about it. It's a law. Last year, they signed the law to teach homosexuality from kindergarten up. It's been added for one year, 11 more years, the nation will be indoctrinated. The goal is clear. A one-world mindset with a new vocabulary. Offending no one, accepting everyone. The language for the one-world mindset is being established at the present. Listen to 1 Thessalonians 5.3. For when they say peace and safety, then sudden destruction shall come upon them as labor pains upon a pregnant woman, and they shall not escape. The principal person of the 70 weeks is the Antichrist. Secondly, the prophetic problem in the 70th week. Listen to the words. But in the middle of the week, he shall bring in an end to sacrifice and offerings. 
The weaker seven years are divided into two parts, as you know. Some believe that the events of ceasing sacrifices has already occurred. They teach that. Yet Jesus says it was still future, a time as never has been or ever will be. Therefore, it's not fulfilled, Matthew 24, 15. We have seen some pretty horrible times in man's history, World War I, World War II. But this time will be nothing like it. Nothing like it at all. Those are the words of Jesus. Now, if it was fulfilled after Jesus said this, then he should have returned in 39, seven years afterwards, A.D. He didn't. If it was fulfilled after Titus destroyed the temple in 70 A.D., then Jesus should have returned in 77 A.D. So we know those interpretations are wrong because they're literal seven years. Jesus declared that this would mark a period of time of history in man that never has been or ever will be. In fact, he says it would be better to die in those days than to live. That's how horrible it's going to be. It will be the epitome of God's wrath and man's wickedness. Jesus declared to the nation of Israel as he rejected her, if you had known, even you especially in this, your day, the things that make for your peace, but now they are hidden from your eyes, Luke 19, 42. They rejected their Messiah. He gave them over to judgment. Blindness in part has happened to Israel until now. Now others believe that the church will go through those seven years of tribulation, yet it is clear in Scripture that God will keep his church from this seven-year period. There is a great attack on the rapture of the church today from Christians in the church. They say, well, it's a recent doctrine. It's not taught in history. First of all, that's inaccurate. But let's just say that it wasn't. I could care less about church history. It's tainted by man. I'm interested that Jesus teach it, that the apostles teach it. And the answer is yes. Jesus taught the rapture in John 14, 1 through 3. Paul taught it in 1 Thessalonians 4, Romans 15, uh, Titus 2, 13, the blessed hope. And I can show you more passages all over. Paul tells us that God has not appointed us to wrath, but to obtain salvation through our Lord Jesus Christ. He says it in Romans 5, 9 and 1 Thessalonians 5, 9. What's coming? Wrath. He's not appointed us to wrath. The time is pinpointed when God's wrath is poured out on the ungodly. Revelation 3.10, the time of tribulation and great tribulation. I am a sojourner. My citizenship is in heaven. Okay? Very important. The definite increments of time are also unmistakable, and they fit the 70th week perfectly. There is a measure of seven years that we're looking at here in the 70th week. It's a multiple of seven, so it's literally seven years. There is also the measure of time, singular, times, plural, and half a time in Daniel 12, 7, and other parts of Daniel, Revelation 12, 14 also, which means three and a half years. There is also the measure of months, 42 months in Revelation 13, 5 through 6. And there is also a measure of days, 1,260 days, which equate 42 months which equates three and a half years, which is based on a 30-day month, which is based on a 360-day calendar. Now, the week of seven years is the final kingdom on earth before the Lord's return, according to Nebuchadnezzar's dream. That is, remind ourselves, we've been in Daniel a long time. The dream and vision was from two perspectives, if you remember. The first perspective is in chapter 2 of Daniel, 
The kingdoms are seen through the eyes of man. Therefore, they appear in this great image, head of gold and arms of silver, so on and so forth. Mighty, shiny, spectacular. That's how man sees himself. In chapter 7, the kingdoms are seen through the eyes of God from heaven. He presents them as beasts, the lion, the bear, the leopard. Though we're creating the image of God, we act like animals down here and more so in these kingdoms. The dream of Nebuchadnezzar could not be interpreted by his magicians, astrologers, soothsayers, and Chaldeans, if you remember. Therefore, he commanded all the wise men of Babylon to be killed. And as they began to kill all the wise men and soothsayers, they also sought Daniel and his friends, remember, to kill them. But Daniel inquired of Arioch about the decree, and Daniel went, told him, went into the king and told him to give him some time that he would give him the interpretation in Daniel 2, verse 14 through 16. Daniel, having sought God along with his three friends, if you remember, he returned and he told Arioch, the captain of the guard, not to destroy the wise men, for he would go tell the king the interpretation in chapter 2, verse 24. And he did so. The interpretation had great details, if you remember. The credit, first of all, was not given to them, but to God. All four young men, Daniel 2, 26, 28, and 30. These things have not been revealed to me for any greater wisdom of my own, but God. The dream was for the latter days, Daniel 2, 28. The reason for his dream was due to his thoughts on his bed as to what was going to happen to his kingdom through the years, Daniel 2, 29 and 30. The head of gold represented Babylon, the king as the absolute sovereign ruler. He does as he wills. No one could object to him, head of gold. The arms and shoulders of silver represented Medo-Persia, the kingdom of Cyrus and Darius. The belly of brass represented the Greeks, the kingdom of Alexander the Great, the he-goat, if you remember. The legs of iron represented the revived Roman Empire, the kingdom of Rome. The feet of clay and iron represented the confederacy of ten nations comprising from the old Roman Empire, a type of democracy, except that iron and clay do not mix. He gave that in Daniel 7, 7, 24. And then you see it also in Revelation 13, 1 and 2, and Revelation 17, 11 through 13. The inferiority of the empires is demonstrated by God in the declining quality and value of the metals, their weights, their density, and the value. The rock, cut not with hands, struck the image at the feet, and it collapsed. And the rock grew, grew, grew until it occupied the whole earth, speaking of the kingdom age, when Jesus returns and set up his kingdom. So to Nebuchadnezzar was given all this prophetic timetable and calendar. Now, the week or seven years will be interrupted by the Antichrist, the man of sin. He's going to break this covenant. He will rise as a man, a peace, riding on a horse, a white horse, peace, with a bow, and as I've told you often, no arrows. He conquers through diplomacy. He, he delivers false peace and safety, Revelation 6, 1 and 2. 
He will have all seeming solutions for all the problems of the world. He will help the Jews to build their temple, for clearly our text mentions sacrifice. And so does Revelation 11, 1 and 2. There is presently no temple. There is presently no sacrifice, as you know, being offered. But there will be in the last week the breeding of the red heifer, the priest, the clothing, many other things are already in preparation for the third temple. Third temple. First one was Solomon. Second, Nehemiah, Ezra. Herod's is not a third temple. Herod just renovated Ezra and Nehemiah's. The third temple is the Antichrist temple. The fourth temple is the millennial temple. Okay? No Orthodox Jew today goes up to the Temple Mount. Why? Because they don't know where the Holy of Holies stood and they're afraid they might be walking over it. On October the 4th, 1990, as Israel celebrated the Feast of Tabernacles, the Temple Mount faithful chose to lay a foundation stone for the third temple. The authorities recognized the implications. They denied them. The Arab population heard of it, and they hurried to the Temple Mount and gathered and hurled down from there the western wall, stones and everything where the Jews were gathered on the Wailing Wall side. The Jewish riot police came, and as a result of that, 21 Arabs died, if you remember that account. The Jews want to build their temple. They have everything in preparation for the temple. They're waiting for that man. The Antichrist will be the fulfillment of the prophecy of Daniel's prophecy in two ways. He will very clearly, as Daniel declares, cause the sacrifice and offerings to cease, as we see here in verse 27. He will very clearly declare himself to be God, as Daniel 11.36 says, 2 Thessalonians 2, 4 says, and Revelation 13, 3 through 6 shows. He is the anti-type, the fulfillment of the type of Antiochus Epiphany who attempted to wipe out the Jewish religion and Hellenize them. Antiochus slaughtered a pig on the altar, desecrated the temple, caused the priest to eat the pig's meat, and he said, a statue of Zeus in its place. And that's what provoked and instigated the Maccabean revolt. The Antichrist will break the treaty he makes with the Jews and cause the abomination of desolation that is spoken about here. Jesus confirms this in Matthew 24, 15. When you see the abomination of desolation spoken by Daniel the prophet, flee to the wilderness to Israel. Jesus was not thinking of Titus, who came in in 70, or he would have had to come back seven years after, if that was it. He only destroyed the temple. He didn't desecrate. The Antichrist will persecute the woman Israel at that point, when he sets up the abomination, and they recognize that they have been deceived. The prophetic problem in the 70th week is the breaking of the treaty by the Antichrist. Wow. Pastor Xavier Reese has been providing simple truths for understanding the prophetic 70th week of Daniel, highlighting chapter 9 today. 
And you can hear this message again if you like online anytime by selecting today's date at the radio listings link at calvarychapelpasadena.com. And though we've had to break for today, only partway through this message, if your schedule won't permit you to tune in next time for the conclusion, as always, you can pick up your own copy of this study as well. And the title you want to ask for is simply The 70th Week of Daniel. It's available on CD for just $4. And make sure you pass on this study to a friend in your church or Bible study when you're through. Now, once again, the title to ask for is The 70th Week of Daniel, or simply mention today's date. You can request your copy by writing Simple Truths, 2200 East Colorado Boulevard, Pasadena, California, 91107. Or to make your request by phone, call 800-926-1485. Again, that's 800-926-1485. Or the address once again is Simple Truths, 2200 East Colorado Boulevard, Pasadena, California, 91107. And thanks for mentioning the call letters of this station when you get in touch. This helps us track the effectiveness of this ministry in your area. And then join us for more Simple Truths next time with Pastor Xavier Reese. Simple Truths with Pastor Xavier Reese, a daily half-hour broadcast, is a radio ministry of Calvary Chapel of Pasadena, California. www.calvarychapelpasadena.com 